Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, Charmed a Spellcast. Hey, you listening there, have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spellcast um great hello <laughs> we're back it's yes. here yes another episode with your two favorite people to listen to how interesting that we're your favorites. <laughs> I was going to say, we're back. The people that you didn't ask for and you didn't care about are here again. Yeah, but they tuned in. So really, this is, this is their problem. Yeah, this is truly user-generated error. <laughs> um, but welcome. So glad to have you. Bryce, so glad to be in conversation with you. Mm-hmm. In conversation oh, with Shayna Warner. Yeah. <laughs> As a one night only in conversation with Shayna Warner and Bryce Wong of Charm to Spellcast. Um, I'll just say right now that I hope by the end of our second season, we have one invitation to come on somebody else's podcast. Really? You think that's going to happen? Um, I think it is. You know what? I'm putting it into motion right now. Which, by that I mean I'm going to text Cody, our wonderful producer, right after this and say, hey, put us on Into the Twilight. Very exciting. Um, if you don't know Into the Twilight, there are also a podcast underneath our, what, what would you call it? Our podcast network? Yeah. Okay. Underneath our podcast network, Earbud Media. Our parent company. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't know the correct relationship or how to verbalize that. Our, our mom. <laughs> We're going to go on our mom's podcast. Um, uh, well, it's really our sister's podcast. Yeah. Our sibling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, yes. Um, manifesting that. Is there anything that you're manifesting, Bryce? Or anything that uh, that has occurred across the past two weeks while we've been away from the microphone that you'd like to talk about? Um... I feel as if there have been developments in my life, but the one that I will share with our dear listeners is that I have recently purchased a Kobo, which is an ebook reader that is well known for their seamless interface to the public library system, like any public library system. Uh, so I have been able to download library books, which has been game changing. And to start off, I have downloaded uh, the, the, uh, I don't know what it's called. The first book? What do you call someone's first book? The debut? Yes. De- the debut novel of Linda Holmes, who is one of my favorite podcast hosts on Pop Culture Happy Hour. And it's a very uh, kind of fluffy, soapy rom-com about a small town in Maine. But um, it is providing me, as the lingo of the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcasters would say, it is what's making me happy this week. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad to hear it. And I didn't know about Kobo. 
yeah, it's a it's a nice alternative, or it's probably pretty much the only alternative to Kindles, unless you want to pick up the Nook from Barnes and Noble. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, oh no, it was Borders. Borders closed, right? Borders closed. I think Barnes and is it Barn and Nobles or Barnes? I think it's Barnes. Barnes and Noble is still open, but um, I it, you I often see the remains of a Barnes and Noble being built upon by an Amazon bookstore. Oh, terrible. Okay, well, Kobo it is. For for those of us who like our digital reading. And what about you? Any any upkeep for the manor? Oh my goodness. Um, I, as I was telling you before we started recording this, there are so many different moving parts happening in my life right now, happening environmentally, so outside of myself, also internally, that so much so that today, uh, strangely, it hasn't happened before today, but today I had to ask my partner to reassure me several times that it was indeed Wednesday. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm truly having a hard time, I think, keeping up with everything that's happening. But something that I will say that I'm very excited about is that I am just beginning a new temporary position with Newfest, which is New York's LGBTQ film festival. And I am joining their team as an assistant programmer and managing their community outreach. Um, so basically that means that if you listen to this podcast, you are obligated to hit me up for a ticket for a screening, um, in October, and it's going to be an entirely virtual film festival. We're proceeding, you know, for the safety of everyone involved, for filmmakers, for audiences, and also something that's going to be extremely accessible. So I'm excited about that. Um, it has me watching about three movies per day, which is a lot you know it's a tough job to watch movies but somebody's (laughs) got to do it and um yeah so I'm excited about that I'm also very stressed about it because I have suddenly no time Mm. again um which is weird just okay just the concept of being pressed for time for a financial obligation while a pandemic is still raging, it doesn't quite sit right with me. Um, but that's that's where I am right now. And I think there's something to be said about taking a pause uh, as as often as I can and taking a step outside of myself and looking at, well, you know what, there's this is a very important thing in the moment, but there are parts of existence that haven't been present before and those still need to be paid attention to even though I now have a part-time job Mm -hmm. well congratulations first off on new fest I still to make this about me again I still remember I think it was when you were working for outfest you told me about new fest and this was just after I'd moved to New York so I went to go see a show um, and I think that was the one about the creator of Wonder Woman Yes, you saw Angela Robinson's uh, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and I remember that I, there was like a talk back with the director afterwards, and um, it was so it was early in my New York existence, and I was I didn't love New York, but this was one of the things that forced me to go outside and explore something, and it was really rewarding, and I still thank you for that for pushing me to go and have that experience. 
Oh, I will always push you to watch a movie. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that you too get something out of that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the biggest personal news that I have. Um, and other than that, I think. Well, I mean, as we we often touch on uh, more kind of current news and political things that are happening in our in our near proximity i i lost all my words in in this current geographic location that's somewhat around us but really pertains to us um what i'm talking about is the vice presidency ah there we go yes there we go uh so of course there's there's a lot of news happening there's a lot of tension there's a lot of differing opinions and that's something that has also been consuming my attention quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with that, I think the exact same thing is as suddenly having no time, suddenly becoming consumed in electoral politics again, I have to remind myself to step outside of that for a moment and reflect on the things that have been happening for the past four months, which have been extremely concerned with community leadership, mutual aid, and local politics, and not consider electoral politics as, like, the end-all be-all. Yeah. I think that's a very balanced way to view it and to um, kind of recalibrate the way that we process this kind of news. Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy, which is why I have to remind myself about it. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely very overwhelming to suddenly have a ton of people saying a ton of things and to have to navigate all of these new opinions and all of, well not of all of them are new but just like what everyone feels like they have something to say and that can be a lot to think about if you're trying to keep up with what everyone's trying to say so it is always Absolutely. good to remember your values and to remember the the things that you want to learn more about definitely and as uh, one of my favorite tweets in recent history described, this was uh, Jordan, Jordan Searles, who is a comedian and a film critic. She was uh, talking primarily about movies, but I think it resonates. Was um, it's so? She said something like, "It's so nice to not have to have an opinion on on movies," and I think that's something that I try to carry sometimes, which is. You know, it's okay to take a step back and not have to have an opinion or have to have a take. Yeah, it, I, I think of it also as you don't have to engage in every conversation and fight every fight. Fight the fights that you want to fight and that you have the energy for. Absolutely. And decide decide which ones those are. Absolutely. Because there, there are some that are absolutely crucial to your well-being and the well-being of the people around you in the moment and sometimes it takes a little bit of perspective and removing oneself to actually discern like what those fights are Mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard Woo! this turned a lot heavier than i thought it was going to (laughs) no no i i still think it's good I, th- I think it is it is less um, about the topic and more about how we respond and reflect on the topic, which I think is is a is a way to approach it that feels right. 
a way to approach it that feels right by Bryce, Bryce Wong, I think. I've I've always seen you as like someone who would eventually write not necessarily like a self-help book, but like a a guide. Like Bryce Wong's way to live life. How interesting. How very very interesting. I do not I do not um my mental model of myself is a very uh is a less confident less ability to give advice kind of person. I think you certainly have it in you and it'll just take a little bit so that we can come up with your key art. (laughs) My key art? Yeah, for your book and for your animated series that I'm Oh my god. (laughs) Well, as you know, it is my dream to be able to be a voice actress in in an animated series. So, um, keep me on your short list. Okay, will do. Coming soon. Bryce Wong plays Bryce Wong. (laughs) Or it's Lana Condor plays Bryce Wong. Or Bryce Wong plays Lana Condor, but animated. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, there we go. Um, But yeah, that's that's about all I have, which is which is to say it's hard to even give advice or like talk about anything concretely right now because there's just so much going on. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's so much and it's your life doesn't stop either. So your personal things that you have to deal with day in and day out are still like very much a, a consumer of your time and energy. Uh, a lot to a lot to have to, um, what's the word? Navigate? Yeah. It's a lot to navigate. It's a lot to parse out. And it's so strange to know that the one thing that we truly cannot ever have enough of is time. Which, I think, actually goes into today's episode. Oh, okay. Let's let's uh, let's do it. Heck yeah! Because hellfire. Yeah. Do you remember hellfire? Yeah. Do you remember the first scene in which Prue is on the phone just trying to like schedule everything? Oh yes. Um, speaking of scheduling things and having not enough space for the things you want in your life or just to navigate them, so. The first scene in this episode, which is season two, episode nine of Charmed, Ms. Hellfire, (laughs) which was directed by Craig Zisk, and it was written by Constance M. Burge (gasps) and Cheryl J. Anderson. Yay! Wow, Constance and Cheryl. Back at it. And and it aired January 13th, 2000, so we're in... (gasps) To the year 2000. Welcome to the year 2000. It opens up with Prue having too much to do. <laughs> I thought you were so going to say, do. it opens up on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, which is another name for Prue. Uh, in- interesting fact. <laughs> um, Millennium Falcon was actually just uh, inspired by Shannon Doherty's love for falconry. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I do see how they captured some of her angles in the design of the ship. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such, you know, this is a piece of movie trivia that a lot of people don't actually care to unearth, so um, <laughs> don't tell anyone. But anyway, so shall we go ahead and do the three arcs? Yeah, okay. Um, let's start with Phoebe, because I think Phoebe's arc is... 
not as prominent. Um, okay, yeah. so hmm, hold on, let me. Okay, so I believe that Phoebe is mostly involved this episode in um, assisting with the takedown of a familiar demon who is trying to assassinate our three sisters. And she does have some fun interactions with Daryl, who makes an appearance once again. Mm -hmm. Um, And other than that, she is kicking butt, taking names, just doing her thing. And she's uh, pouty about not having an active power. Yeah. It's rough to be. I, I understand. It's rough to be the sister who who is younger, first of all, who no one takes seriously, and then to, like, not get to be as active in one-on-one combat situations. Yeah, Phoebe is truly, like, peak youngest sister in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, she Um, really gives that off. And then for Piper, uh, Piper's arc is similarly negligible to Phoebe's, I would say. Um, it's, It's really not focused on her individually, except... Except for the fact that she is still trying to navigate dating Dan. And uh, Dan the man asked Piper to move in with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had almost forgotten. Well, it's easy to forget. Because Dan, while not being a terrible guy, is just not a very memorable character. (laughs) Yeah, it also didn't really feel like an important plot point because we all knew that she wasn't going to move in with him. It was just something to be like, hey, there is spice in Piper's life. Tension, yeah. That it truly didn't spice up my life, I'll say. Um, but that's okay because the third arc, the third and most prominent arc in this episode was spicing up everybody's life, um, which was that Prue who, along with the sisters, was targeted by this assassin, actually assumes the identity of Ms. Hellfire, their assassin, in order to go undercover and figure out who is trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has a lot of fun, and I had a lot of fun watching her have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, this is one of the few episodes where Prue is actually enjoying herself. Yeah, which is freaking great. I love it. It's... It's just an example of Prue needing a break, I think. A break from reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, sub subplot for Prue is that there's, like, s- uh, some new VP at work, and she's being tasked with raising, like, a ton of money in 24 hours, which doesn't seem like, um, doesn't seem like a very healthy work environment, if you ask me. No, it truly doesn't. I think it's very reflective of our modern times. Ah, we are all just workers, we must produce. Or we could seize the means of Miss Hellfire. And, uh... Raise some Hellfire. Outside of capitalism and just kill people instead. Okay. In exchange for money. Yeah, that's true. Goods and services. I guess you're not really working outside of capitalism. Too bad. Okay. So sad. On to the first scene. Okay. It is my favorite day in the year, Friday the 13th, and the sisters are all crazy busy, especially Prue. She's trying to juggle all these things at work. Um, She's on the phone. They're at the manor. She's on the phone just trying to, like, field these calls and set up all these plans and whatnot. Um, I forget what Phoebe was doing, but 
by the end of Prue's call, Phoebe had to lie down or said she wanted to lie down because she was tired. And then Piper comes uh, swishing in and she is looking happy and looking um, relaxed. And the sisters kind of make fun of her a little bit. They're like, wow, look at it is uh, our long lost sister, Pfeiffer. Um, and Pi- Pi- Pippi? Pippi Pi- Longstocking? Pipper? Pippin. The musical. Uh, and Piper's like, hey, I am enjoying myself because we haven't seen a demon in so long. And also, nothing bad could ever happen. And that's how the episode ends. And that's it. And nothing bad happens. It's great. That's actually how the series ends. <laughs> it was one Friday the 13th in which nothing bad happened. And they're like, well, we've outdone ourselves today, folks. <laughs> that's it. Pack it in. Yep. My time here is done. <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Um, suddenly, a hail of bullets riddles the living room or the dining room, and um, we get the what is to be the photo or the the freeze frame for the title sequences for Piper, which is her freezing a bunch of bullets, which is really fun, um, and it's a shoot 'em up. It it is a shoot 'em up, and their whole manor gets uh, summarily destroyed. And they're hiding behind the couch, and they're they're trying to figure out. Okay, I hear this assassin coming up to the door. We're gonna when they open the door, we're gonna freeze them, and then we're gonna kick them. I I forget what the rest of the plan was because it doesn't matter because the assassin is behind them the whole time. Uh, and the call is coming from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. I repeat. Uh, and just in the nick of time, as this assassin Ms. Hellfire is raising her gun, I, was it like? I feel like it was like a rifle or something, like an automatic thing. I don't remember. It was it. It, it was it was something automatic. Automated. It was like a biggish kind of gun, and that is my knowledge on guns. <laughs> and and uh, Prue, in the nick of time, uh, telekinesis the bullets to slow down. It was a real a real matrix move, and throws them back at Ms. Hellfire, um, uh, murdering her murdering her dead which yeah. they don't expect because they sh- think she is a demon of some sort of course because who else would they think she could be after dealing with demons and warlocks but no she dies human blood or she bleeds human blood and she dies a human death and um there she is in her her pvc and her vinyl yeah <laughs> and sunglasses <laughs> and a bad wig and and prue stands over her aghast they killed a mortal um prue aghast in her corset black top there there's a lot of fashion yeah in this episode Mm -hmm. which is very exciting as as bryce mentioned matrix is definitely playing a role here oh for sure for sure um and i i wouldn't call it so much the human blood that really stuck out because there was no blood in this pg-13 show but the fact that she did not disappear and now they had to deal for the first time ever with a body Ooh, that's true that's true they got to dispose of it uh, i just had to relook up when the matrix was it was 1999 so that that tracks uh, okay good imagine if it was after that would have been really funny it would have been like oh my god the wachowski sisters were watching charmed and were like this episode is the bomb <laughs> We're going to base an entire 
science fiction cult series on Charmed. <laughs> yeah. And every every single science fiction film after that, like, what am, I, what am I thinking of? Blade Runner? I feel like that has the same kind of vibe with the leather trench coats. Oh, Blade Runner was before that. There we go. Then. Yeah. It also As inspired. you can see. <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner was in 1982. Ah. Um, but, you know, Blade Runner 2049 was... 2017 that's correct so maybe maybe that was inspired by miss hellfire who's to say (laughs) yeah i mean the world just may never know yeah and so all we're saying is that if the world may never know that doesn't mean you can say it's false exactly so wake up sheeple (laughs) wake up sheeple Prue was the blueprint. Um, <laughs> anyway, so credits. credits. Credits happened. They killed a human. They, and uh, in the credits of San Francisco, you can see that this episode is guest starring Billy Drago. Billy Drago fan club. Um, and I'm just very excited about it because it means that Barbus is coming back. Yep. And to be honest, I honestly didn't even know that we had seen this demon before because every single time we watch the show, it is like my brain has been wiped over clean. It's a new slate. Oh, you'll you'll come to know and love this demon. Oh. Um, I certainly Oh, shoot, spoiler. But uh be, because they talk about him all the time. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I want to I want to make our first piece of merch, which is a shirt that says Billy Drago Fan Club. <laughs> uh, um, I I mean I will wear it. Okay. Uh Billy Drago passed away in 2019, so we we honor his memory and um his most important role in Charmed as the Demon Barbus, the Demon of Fear. Yeah. Anyway, the Demon of Barbershop so, Quartets. That's a scary demon. <laughs> Oh, wow. I almost said it in the, like, ooh, that's a scary demon. Like, that's a spicy meatball. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... I mean, are scary demons not spicy meatballs? They're one and the same. Postulation. In this essay... (laughs) You can't disprove it. Therefore. Therefore, you can't disqualify us from the higher echelon of pop culture yes. theorists thank you thank you thank you that's my time um welcome for come thank you everyone for coming you're welcome and to the snack bar let's go through miss hellfire's bag okay yeah so they're going through a dead person's bag and they're just kind of figuring out uh that she has a ton of passports that she lives in some apartment that's like down the block or so um, and they're learning more and more about how this international woman of mystery uh, was most definitely a hired hit person who has a book full of names, including their name, well, P. Halliwell, as I guess they're just one person now, and another name who is also not crossed off. So there are two people on this list who have yet to be Myrtle Dirtled. Um, and that's when um, Daryl makes an appearance. Daryl, poor Daryl. Oh, man. <sighs> he, is... he has to deal with a dead person on his first episode of being indoctrinated or like mm-hmm. brought into 
this is so ridiculous. This is how COVID has affected my brain. Um, or not my having COVID, but just like it being the the constant topic of, of thought and conversation. It's like the Charmed Ones bring Daryl into their bubble. <laughs> He's now part of their social bubble. Um, yeah, exactly. That's that's very good. Yeah, he is he is um he's entrusted. He's a confidant now with with the magic, um and he is a reluctant confidant. We this might is add. true. Yes, he is the face of long suffering exasperation. Mm-hmm. So sad, and he has to deal with this lady dead on the kitchen floor. And now we see blood, um, dead on the kitchen floor. This uh, lipstick lesbian but it's a it's a knife in the place of the lipstick a knife lesbian a knife lesbian oh my god yes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) just uh, just carrying so many knives okay um so daryl comes in and he's like oh my god why is there a dead person here and why is she the one riddled with bullets and not you and this is when they tell him they do the thing they say Daryl, I'm a wizard, Harry. Um, and I guess Darryl he's... Daryl Potter. <laughs> Daryl Potter, we are wizards, not you. You're just, you're just still immortal. But he, he takes it as well as one can. He actually takes it better, I would say, than, than I would expect. Like, I would have at least expected a fainting or something. But no, Daryl is cool, calm, and collected, and indignant. He's a very stoic person, and he's also very practical. Yeah, and you gotta admire him for that. Um, and this in, this entire, like, questioning period of Daryl being like, I repeat, why is it that she had the gun, but she's riddled with bullets, and you're here safe? Um, it, just the, the song carrying through my head was the, like, Oh, yes, so, yes, so, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Just oh, man, kidding. still waiting for my musical episode. Oh, well, you'll be waiting for a while. Um, but perhaps we can do a fan-made musical episode of Charmed. Um, anyway, so Daryl's got the truth. And it's always a gamble on these kinds of shows because so often they go back the next episode or like cast a forgetting spell or something like that. And so they're able to keep the mystery. So we'll see if Daryl continues to be in this bubble um but for now he is so he and phoebe are going to go check some dmv records figure out who the other person on the hit woman's list is who hasn't been murdered yet and uh daryl's gonna call in some favors put the body on ice as they say in the biz and piper and prue go to buckland because prue still has a job yep she does which is such a silly thing in this economy (laughs) a witch economy yes Still gotta, still gotta get money. Yeah, I, I gotta, I your, gotta make proof. that mortal, mortal money. That mortal coin. Mm-hmm. So she goes into a meeting that she's late for with a new VP who is taking over and who is very unimpressed with her lateness. And Jack is still there. Jack, Mr. Douchey Pants, um, who, like, is being forced to have some sort of chemistry with Prue like their frenemies or or friend enemies to lovers or something but it's just not working for me but anyway he's still there they're partnered up by the VP in order to make an enormous amount of money in very little time 
And meanwhile, Piper is like, Prue, come on, we gotta go, we gotta do this thing. And Prue's like, no, not now. I can't. No. Ah, ah. And she astral projects. Yep. She completely dissociates from her body and appears in front of Piper. And Piper's like, what? And then they look back and they see that her body is slumped over in a comatose state. Uh, and Jack is still talking to her. Um, and then she pushes herself back into her physical being. And uh, she's like, you know what, Jack? I, got- I gotta go. And they get out of there. Not feeling too great. Well, you know what? Neither would I if I just asked for projected for the first time. But, uh, yeah, they scoot on out of there. Meanwhile, it's the Phoebe and Daryl show. Yeah, and they're doing this whole, um, like, banter back and forth behind the wheel of the car, which is always fun. Uh, and Phoebe's, um trying to tell him more about herself trying to be like this is it we're in this together now and daryl's like nope no 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 i'm just gonna nope don't 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 (laughs) i would watch the phoebe and daryl show in a heartbeat yeah they have that good um opposites kind of but good partners vibe absolutely the stoic and the relentlessly cheerful yeah uh so they just barely make it to the address of the other uncrossed name person on the book and they save her just as she was about to open her door because they were like oh on the on the uh, hit woman's book we saw that the that the thing next to this person's name was plastic so that was plastic explosives so they pushed her out of the way just as she was opening her shop door and the bomb goes off but luckily no one has been harmed and it turns out that this person they have just saved believes that she had saved herself through a protection spell because she is a witch practitioner. Which was very cute, <laughs> I thought. Um, I was like, I did it! I saved us! <laughs> um, but, oh boy, you can already tell this character is going to be a bit of a thorn in the side of, of the sisters for the episode. Yeah, she's a, she's, a, she's a bit much. She lives on a different plane of reality. She very much does, um, which we see a little bit later. But anyway, uh, as Daryl and Phoebe save the remaining witch on the list, or the remaining person on the li- on the list, uh, Prue and Piper are exploring the apartment that was Miss Hellfire's. Yeah, Prue has a, a spiritual experience in the closet. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, yes, she does. And it reminds me very much of Killing Eve, of uh, Villanelle, ah. who is the, the assassin character. Her her proclivities for incredibly expensive clothing and and designer-like fabrics and, and wigs and things like that. And Prue is definitely feeling the attraction of the assassin life. Yep. That is, that is exactly what goes down. Uh, and uh, Prue tries on a, a big old coat. And uh, then there are people who burst through the, the door. Yes, organized crime. We'll always the find mob. you. <laughs> the mob. So uh, the mob's right-hand man and some other right-hand men (laughs) burst in and they're here because they believe that 
Prue is Ms. Hellfire because she's the first person they see and they want to take her back to go see their boss. And Piper freezes everyone and is like, all right, Prue, let's go. And Prue's like, no, wait, 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 we should just let this play out, see what happens. And Piper's like, you seem much too excited. But she agrees, she hides, unfreezes, and Prue goes off to meet Bane, the mob, the mob father. And in some in some parts of this, I understand that Prue has been feeling very uh, constricted and restrained to her job and to her job as a witch. So she never has any time for herself and so she can't play dress up. But also she is playing lots of dress up. She is wearing a leather dress <laughs> that she came into this apartment with. Yeah, that's her own so clothes. That's her own clothes. She didn't she didn't take those from Miss Hellfire. But nevertheless, Prue is stressed and she needs some fun. Yeah. So Piper, uh, you know, against Piper's protestations, um, she goes. She does it. So yeah, she goes meets Bane. It's um, uneventful. Basically, the one thing that happens is she meets Bane. Bane is like, we got to kill these people. You got to kill the Hallowells. Prue's like, oh, yep, I'm on it. Uh, And then he alludes that there's someone else who is calling for the hit. And she's like, got to figure out who that is. Uh, Jack calls her while she's at the mob mob house, I guess it maybe was. The mob hotel. The mob hotel, yeah. The mobtel. And Jack calls her. (laughs) <laughs> the mob tail six and jack calls her says like we have to do this work and she's like i'm busy and then she astral projects again which it's it seems like a very inconvenient power thus far comes back to and is like all right i gotta go and go kill some people and she gets out of there yeah she gets out of there but not before she's distracted by uh bane's very tight shirt oh and, <laughs> and bane looks like a like a prototypical 2000s male model. Bane looks like um, when you see like uh, those Ken dolls, but it's not, he's not a Ken doll because he's, he's got black hair, but like his hair looks like it's kind of drawn on, um, like yeah. it's not fiber. Absolutely. I can see that. Build is the same as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's that scene. Okay. That's that scene. And uh, meanwhile, Bane instructs his right-hand man to go check on their uh, their client. Mm-hmm. And uh, right-hand man seems very reluctant to do so and doesn't like this client. And we soon find out why. He's real weird. It's Barbus. It's Woo! Barbus. Barbus, the demon who can make fears a reality. And apparently he has one shot. Once again, a second shot to make it back to the world of the living out of purgatory. Exactly, because it's Friday the 13th. And how did they not see this coming? But I guess they just, they thought they had vanquished him for all time. But uh, no, no, no. There are many Friday the 13th. Hmm. It just seemed Um, to happen every year. So anyway, uh, he reveals himself to be a fear demon to the right-hand man, and he shows the right-hand man his greatest fear, which is that his boss will find out he's being double-crossed and will blame Mr. Right-hand Man. And, uh, yeah, and for some reason I had written down in my notes for this, you remind me of the demon. What demon? The demon with the power. The power of fear, dude. And I don't know... 
why I was compelled to write a bad Labyrinth parody, but there you have it, folks. Thank you. We, we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. I know my one fan will appreciate that. But anyway, yeah, so this, they... This one's for a niche audience. Yeah, so they go off to investigate what Barbara says is a double cross that's happening um, with with the real Miss Hellfire possibly not being who she says she is or uh, in the alive state <laughs> that she claims to be. So, yeah. So anyway, that's what happens. Okay, and then they're back at the manor. Back at the manor, Dan and Piper are talking so dan is going to help piper fix up the windows because i guess that is the one thing that you want to focus on when your house has been shot to bits uh and at the same time he also mentions to piper that he thinks that she and maybe her sisters should move in with him yeah which is actually like i don't know this seemed very considerate Mm -hmm. (laughs) just as a as the way that he posed the suggestion because obviously like he would he would like Piper to move in for romantic re- reasons, but he's also like, oh no, your sister's too because your house it's shot up and it might not be safe. And it's like, oh, thanks, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice that he offered to also house her sisters. I also think that you know, if you just got shot at in your house, the safest place, I don't know if it's necessarily next door, but maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe just right when... underneath. When you're a witch, you're a witch all the way from the house you live in to the next door house, and uh, there could be a demon anytime. So, you know what? Why not just go move in with someone? Uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Wow. That is a flawless argument. <laughs> Thank you. No, I just... Basically, this episode, for some reason, for me, I was like, suddenly, Dan is not that bad. He's just not that good either. He, I mean, I don't think he's ever been that bad. He's always just been a foil for Leo. So he just hasn't been the person you wanted to root for. Um, totally. And when you say he's not that good, I agree because because we haven't been rooting for him for so long, there is no reason at the moment to still want to root for him. Exactly. There hasn't really been like a huge amount of display of chemistry and everything has just been the back and forth of like trying to have a relationship and so that it didn't it you didn't really get any sort of a love story mm-hmm. so yeah because leo was the 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 torturous love story at that point <laughs> yeah he was the passion and he uh, dan was the other choice yeah so but that's about it i think of that scene mm-hmm. uh and yeah. at this point oh go on Oh, no, I was just going to say not that the same thing. Phoebe comes in. Yes. Uh, Phoebe comes back with Marcy, who is the witch practitioner um, and is a lot of energy. Uh, All right. That's pretty much that. They go back to Prue and Bane, who Bane has driven Prue back to the to the uh, Ms. Hellfire apartment. And when they get there, they see that it's full of orchids, which at the hotel, the Moptel, Piper had, or sorry, Prue had only just mentioned that she had liked orchids. And in the drive between that Moptel and the apartment, he had already called in somebody to fill it with orchids. Um, and then he also gives her a box and inside the box is a, is a necklace. And he tells her, reminds her again that she needs to kill the, the, the three Halliwells. 
uh, by 10 p.m. And because if she doesn't get it by, done by then, then he's going to go and finish the job. And then he gives her a kiss, which is too much for me. And then he's out of there. And that's it. Yep. So uh, Prue is living it up. Not as cautiously as, as she might be and be doing in other episodes. But you know what? She's fed up. Yeah. She wants to walk on the wild side. Yeah. Take a take a walk. Take a gander. So... And uh, we go back to the manor? Oh, we do? Wait. Oh, wait. Do we go to the coroner's? Because that's what I have next in my notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even write anything down about this because I was just like, meh. It's not important. They go to the coroners. They see that Ms. Hellfire is Ms. Hellfire. And they were like, a double crossing. Okay, so Prue's home for a second to give, um, to just catch up on the news, figure out what they've learned, to tell them what she's learned. And this time they all come together and they're like, well, we know who it is. It's obviously Barbus. Um, we got to stop him. And that's the plan. They're going to stop him. Yeah, meanwhile... Uh... <laughs> During during the scene, their uh, their house guest Marcy is chastising them on where to put the herbs. Oh yeah, she is driving the sisters up the wall. She's like the harmonies of this uh, sage is so different from this thistle. We got to move them. The enharmonics. The they're en- all wrong. <laughs> uh, um, and this yeah. is this is truly one of my favorite tropes. Is like the real witch being annoyed with the fake witch or like the real whatever mystical creature being really annoyed with the representation of themselves that humans have devised yeah yeah uh which honestly i just remember they never fully tell us why marcy was on the list of people to to kill well i assume it's because she is a witch she's a kind of witch and it's friday the 13th oh so you just gotta kill three people who are witches and she's close enough. 13. Cool. All right. That makes sense. that the whole big list. I, uh, with... I Yeah. It's all coming back to me now. I just didn't know if it made sense because she wasn't actually a witch. Yeah. I could just be pulling things out of thin air. No, no. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because it's Barbus. That's what, that's what I assume. He's like still um, counts. It's honestly, sometimes it's kind of hard to pay attention to the dialogue on the show and Time is a construct anyway. Our minds are scattered. We're just giving you the best summary that we can, which is to say, not that good. So thank you for listening. Uh, So carrying on with our okay summary, as I am carried along by this plot with really no grasp of the past or present, um, we arrive. (laughs) We arrive at the club. Prue! Prue's in the club. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Prue's in the club. Prue's in the club. And not I a drill. am too. Not a drill. Oh, not a drill. I am gay. <laughs> oh has, my god. Prue's got this like uh, coat with a big fluffy collar kind of thing. And then like a very um, short uh, like halter top. Um, and it's like, like leather or like vinyl pants. Yeah. Like it's all black, all, all shiny, all fluffy, all like great silhouette. So she's at the club. She's dancing with the mob man. They make out a Wait, little bit. Oh, what? You forgot the best part. She did not choose a wig from the wardrobe. She chose a ponytail extension. Oh, true. I, I'm actually really into the ponytail thing. She wears it for the rest of the episode, and I'm a big fan of it. 
Yeah, it's real good. It's very kind of like Laura Croft mm-hmm. meets meets Trinity, which yeah. is so fun. And for this entrance, I was uh, so I was watching this with my partner who was doing their own like very important work next to me as I was furiously scribbling down notes <laughs> like the good charm scholar that I am. And for the entrance, as soon as I remembered it was coming, I just like hit them and I was like, come on. And they looked up. And we just watched the entrance, and they were like, yes, thank you. <laughs> and they <laughs> oh, say you never great. give. They, they, they don't say that because they're, they're lovely and generous, but um, I say I never give, but now I can say I do. Um, but anyway, so, yes, Prue is dancing in the club because the night is young, and so is she. And... <laughs> they're making out and whatever i mean the only thing i can think whenever anyone is making out with any with Alyssa milano shannon doherty or holly marie combs especially shannon doherty or Alyssa milano because they were such big stars um in like especially in previous roles Mm -hmm. in like the 80s and 90s all i can think is like oh my god this person who could be, like, a male extra, who could be the male love interest, like, of the episode, not even of the season. It's like, holy crap, you just got to make out or, like, dance with or whatever with Alyssa Milano or Shannon mm-hmm. Doherty. What What are you feeling? Do you Have you saved, like, every newspaper clipping about <laughs> the airing of this episode? Wow, that is an interesting perspective. I, I guess in some ways I kind of uh, I see that because usually when I see someone kissing on screen I'm always like so what are, what are you thinking right now like are you like this is a person I'm kissing because like in my head I'm like that's when I get out of the show a little bit or whatever movie I'm watching because I'm always thinking in my head like this is a little intimate like how do you feel which I know is probably not how actors think or how they're supposed to think but that's no. what I'm always thinking no that's such a good it's such a good question because it depend, it completely depends on the person. It depends on the director. Like, how comfortable have they made you feel? Um, like, is there an intimacy coach on set, you know, who is guiding you through this process? Or were they just like, just fucking go and make out? Which is sometimes, like, a very irresponsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're totally... I think you're totally right that it, it does pull somebody out of it sometimes to be thinking about these things. And... I know certainly, like, when I've had to kiss people on stage, like, there's been a whole negotiation process. Mm-hmm. So wow. it can be, yeah, it can be very mechanical and very nerve-wracking, and it, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to know that there is that whole consideration going into the scene. Because I'm always, I, I, I guess, I guess it's validating to know that, um... It's not just something that I get hung up on. And it's also, I think, good that you bring in this added perspective of like, okay, it's not just that they're doing this act that people already find difficult to do on camera, but they're also doing it with a superstar. Like, I, I think that that is another thing that kind of takes you out of the moment. Yeah, which is even like, I'm sure there are moments of like sexualization that happen, which are, you know, not necessarily the most like kosher or responsible thing. But also just that, like, pure starstruck kind of, like, oh, my God. 
like forget just acting opposite a scene with somebody who whom you've known about for such a long time doing something that intimate is like just such a strange concept to me mm-hmm. yeah agreed agreed i'm maybe one day i'll be an adult but until then i will always be a little child who's like what are they doing oh yeah no no, no. you you and me both you and me both <laughs> okay what are, uh, what are, stop that don't stop, do that no Just no hold, <laughs> hold hands um mom i have to go home they're kissing on the camera yeah exactly um, so anyway, they're hanging in the club, and uh, right hand manned, manned right hand demand, um, shows up and pulls Mr. Boss Man away, and Prue's like, "That's fine, I'll just dance with this other guy," and that's when I was like, "Oh my god, the extra, um, <laughs> the extra, good like, please, I'm I hope you had a good time on this set and just like have a fond memory of this, but um." But yeah, so right-hand man pulls him away and informs him that actually that is not the real Miss Hellfire. Drama. And he's, he's like, what? I don't believe you. Which is also kind of weird because, like, why wouldn't you believe that? Like, wouldn't that be par for the course? Yeah, I of? think, I mean, he did believe his henchmen eventually. But I think as a gut reaction, you don't like to feel as if you've been duped the entire night and the entire day and that you're a dummy totally. dum-dum. Dummy dum-dum and you've got a big old crush. <laughs> um, too bad. Too bad because you, you were dumb. So that that is a moment of suspense, a bit of a cliffhanger. And then we go back to the manor where Dan has brought in a bunch of plywood to fix some windows and uh phoebe and prue are in the middle of talking to their resident witch practitioner and they had to freeze marcy and they had to quickly hide her underneath a a blanket while dan walks by with the plywood um (laughs) in a very fun uh physical humor comedy moment and then dan asks his piper have you thought again about moving in with me? And she's like, eh, eh, eh. and then he smooches on her. And then that is the end of that scene. Yep. That's pretty much it. All right. So back at the club, back in the club, the demon has, or the, um, what's his name? Bane has brought, told Prue that he's onto her and he brings her into the room with Barbus and the henchmen and the demon Barbus tricks Prue into wanting to kill her own sisters by telling Prue that her sisters are imposters who are trying to kill her real sisters. Which sucks. Oh, it's just like in the, um, what's the, uh, what was the one with the, <sighs> shoot, I forgot the name of it. It started with a W and they were like, big hairy monsters oh the the not the woogie not the woogie not the woogie in the house the other one the other one oh shit i forgot it was a w i thought maybe it's not werewolves not werewolves the oh god with the with andy and yes. with the secret agent okay and... i can do this warantine no that's not anything <laughs> um... wario is that something <laughs> the Oh gosh, but but yeah, when Piper is is turned into yeah, the monster. and they have to choose between Piper or the other monster, and it's like oh no, uh, how do they prove that this is Piper? 
So that is kind of what happens. Um, the other two sisters have called in Daryl to babysit Marcy because that is what Daryl does now as a day job is babysit grown women. Um, and and he's not pleased at all that Prue is impersonating the hit woman because the sisters tell the him. The Wendigo. Sorry. The Wendigo. Great job. Great job. I feel Thank so much you. better. Um, anyway, that was a comparison that didn't need to be made. But now that we've made it, I feel complete. So. Uh, back at the manor, they tell Daryl that they have to go find Prue because she's been gone for a while. She's impersonating a hit woman. Like, things could be happening. And Daryl, he gives, like, a little what? He's like, what? When he learns that Prue is impersonating the, the murderess, <laughs> which I got such a kick out of. Um, and then they... Let him be funny. Let him be funny. I think he... I mean... I think that's why they give him this long, suffering, exasperated persona because that is honestly some of the ripest moments for comedy yeah true i agree with your analysis um so they give marcy to daryl they head to the club to find or to the apartment to find prue and prue is there and she has a long ponytail and she thinks that they are imposters and she tries to kill them she's bad prue ba 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 prue to the bone ba 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 yeah, she tries to kill them, and she is, like, kind of robotic, very serious, like, completely under this illusion, mm-hmm. and that's contrasted with uh, Piper and Phoebe running around like scared little, like, squirrels. <laughs> I know. They're like, we went to Duran Duran together, please, we're your sisters. Um, and when when they, like, s- they skitter off to, like, try to hide, and then what brings Prue's attention to them is Phoebe sneezing and then Piper just like slapping her. It's so, it's so silly. It's really cute. Yeah. Um, I, it, it is, it is a moment in which the, the two non Prue sisters are, have to fend for themselves and it's always good. It's always comedic gold. Ugh, they're all funny. They're all funny. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I feel like, that's sometimes what I miss in the, like, the, not this episode, but the last episode that kind of felt like a Lifetime movie episode. Mm-hmm. When it's, like, so heavy and melodramatic is that we miss these little, like, hilarious bits. Because mm-hmm. all these, all these actors are such talented comedic actors, too. I, I, I was also noticing that the majority of Charmed is inundated with that very melodramatic kind of music. And it, it does not add anything i think to the show other than make you realize oh this was in the 90s because i think the best exactly (laughs) because the best parts of the show are like you're right when they're being funny and when they're being cute and it's fun to watch yep exactly and then like when you get the serious performances the like small bits of serious performance and dramatic acting you're like oh okay this is really good but when it's like a whole episode of it it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. but anyway Uh, yes so they decide to split up, and that way they'll get Prue to um, want to be in two places at once, causing her to astral project, and that will allow them to get her out of her own body and try to convince them that they are her sisters, which is exactly what happens. They are successful. You stretched out my leg warmers, <laughs> and then you gave them to me. <laughs> you gave them to me. Was the, that little, you know, structure of convincing someone that you are who you say you are 
telling those secrets. It was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, she... Prue does indeed astral project, and then they convince her that she's actually being tricked by Barbus, and then she resolves herself. She reabsorbs herself, and um, yeah, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna get Barbus." And I I missed the two thousands because uh, nips were always out, and that was always uh, a good time. Nips were costumes. always out. Everyone always Such... wore very knitted fabric for the nips yeah and i appreciate that i would like to bring it back especially in these quarantine times of not wearing bras we can we can start this revolution let's do it fourth wave fourth wave wave. nips Um, as the rebellion nips as i love it anyone who wants their nips out let's go okay so their nips defeat Barbus. Um, they, they do exactly, and they they get him again, and he just gives a little like ah foiled again. But I'll be back next time. Um, and then end of end of scene. They go back to the manor. They got new windows. Great stuff. Uh, and Piper is talking with Phoebe and says, Phoebe, I'm not going to move in with Dan which Phoebe is super relieved by. It's very cute. Prue comes in. Um, they have another conversation about something. Oh, Prue says that she's going to sell the Miss Hellfire estate, and that's how she's going to raise a bunch of money out of it, even though she wants all that stuff herself, but it wouldn't be right. And then Jack shows up, and Prue tells him that she has all this money that she's going to get from this estate, and then they go out to celebrate. Which I think is just propaganda because let Prue keep that stuff why is she giving it to her employer why that's not the fair thing to do anyway I guess it's like it's still personal gain because she's still getting to keep her job true Um, but what whatever whatever I will say though something that we did skip that I think is important is that when they were attacking Barbas and the mob mobsters uh, we find out that Piper can selectively unfreeze. Oh, true. Big news. Another thing to infuriate Phoebe. She she didn't show it in the <laughs> scene, but I, I feel like she had that thought in her head. I think so. I think her, uh, her pigtails especially were incensed. <laughs> yeah, you can always tell. The pigtails are her tell. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Pigtails. Okay, sorry. Pig- pigtails. <laughs> Uh, not good. I'm not really on my good pun game this this episode. Maybe that next week. That was acceptable. Week. I enjoyed it, but I do think you can do better. Absolutely. I'll do better next time. I'll, I'll give it my all. Okay, I believe you. And that's almost all she wrote, I think. Piper's not living with Dan. Mm-hmm. And Jack is terrible. And Prue is selling the the um like paintings and jewelry and whatever and then they go to get a drink or get dinner or something and it's like why is jack still here he He doesn't have to be here nothing and that's how i feel about most of the love interests on the show at this point in time both dan and jack for different reasons don't really add things this is true and i agree yeah so what I personally think is that 
Prue should have like teamed up with Mrs. H- Ms. Excuse me, <laughs> should have teamed up with Miss Hellfire and like had an actual dialogue with her. I think that would have been great, and then they could have run off together, and Miss Hellfire could have showed her how to live the life. I like um, it. That's of the a uh... nice lesbian. That's the fanfic. I think I know why you should keep trying to say Mrs. Hellfire. I think it's because of Mrs. Doubtfire. It is. It is exactly that. It's why it's just like in my lexicon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Could have been the ending to, um, fuck. Ocean's 8, but instead we got this ending. Oh, man. You're so right. Ocean's 8 was a lesbian movie just without the interesting parts <laughs> yeah I, could, I suppose that's a whole nother podcast we could talk about that for a while as well uh, that's true that's so true maybe we will in a mini-sode hmm could be fun to do something non-charmed for like a mini-sode yeah okay let's let's put a pin in it let's put, put a lipstick in knife in it <laughs> stab it to the wall stab it to the wall um but yeah that's the end of that episode demon death oh demon death uh it was fine it was like a i'll give it like a three because it it certainly wasn't the worst death that we've ever seen Mm -hmm. um and it was kind of fun because it's a recurring demon Mm -hmm. i would say and i think he's personally i think he's like an interesting and a dynamic one that has a power that is actually scary um and just like psychologically scary and then also i just really love the character um i think he's played with such flamboyance and that's very enjoyable to me so i would say it's a three because the death is like not really something i'm taking seriously um but it also just like was not a bad one Mm -hmm. yeah i had a positive reaction i mean yours was more of a lukewarm but mine is more of a positive reaction towards his death as well because i thought it was very fun when he threw his hands up and then he like did one of those toilet spirals down into the fiery depths of hell very melodramatic very very stagecraft Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm i'm gonna probably rate it around the same as you but maybe just a little bit higher so i'm gonna give it a 3.5 all right 3.5 jeremy's pretty good pretty good out of five um, Jeremy's. Out of five Jeremy's. So, like, not the worst. It's a passing grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good enough for government work. <laughs> oh, no. Um, woof. Hits different so, nowadays. Hits really hits different nowadays. Bureaucrats hit different nowadays. Um, so, Bryce, mm. do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Mm, I... I think that we shouldn't be afraid of ponytails. If your hair has gone super long because of your time spent not at a barber shop quartet, then put it into a ponytail. See if you feel like you want to go out and, I don't know, be a hired hit person. Very, very interesting thinking. It's a lot to chew on. Yeah, I I have a lot of deep thoughts in my head. Yeah, somewhere in there hey i'm just kidding that was really mean i am so sorry brace oh my god i'm cutting you out of the entire podcast no oh no 
I confess I was trying to think of my thought and so I didn't put a lot of intention into how I responded. But hey, I am idle so words can sorry. still cut. I know, I know that now. <laughs> oh my lord. Listeners, I'm so sorry. I think I just have to end this with an apology because I would never I would never think that truly of our dear beloved Bryce Wong. Hmm. So I was going to say something about girls just wanting to have hellfire, but now I think I must exit and think about what I've done. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. Everything's fine. Bryce is smart and I'm, well, I'm Shayna. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, it hasn't been my, I haven't really been on top of my game this episode, I will confess that I ate a big bowl of ramen before this, and I am digesting it and slowly turning into a puddle of mush. Uh, you know what? It's a pretty good thing to do on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Stare at a wall, eat some ramen, podcast with your best frenemy who has insulted you. Ah, <laughs> uh, the rivalry continues. Ah, uh, the rivalry can Tune in next week for the rivalry <laughs> to continue, and perhaps one day Bryce will insult me. No. We, you, you, you never know. Hey, no, keep them on their toes. You oh. never know. Yeah. It could happen. Sometimes I call Shayna too tall. And you know what? It hurts because <laughs> I wish I were taller. <sighs> it's really hard when your friends don't support your dreams. Anyway, I'm Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeter's. Oh, I'm Bryce. You can find me at Your Best Bryce. And maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day you can find me at Finished Foodstagram. Together, we host Charmed Spellcast. You can write to us, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, Charmed Spellcast. And that's it. There's no at Instagram. It's at Charmed Spellcast. Perhaps <laughs> one day we will post <laughs> co.uk.gov. Edu. .edu. Um, thanks so much for listening. Please, please stay safe. Wear your masks. Care about other people and yourself. Uh, order takeout if you're thinking about getting food from a restaurant. If you do order takeout, tip generously. And um, yeah, please just keep yourself safe. We love you. Thank you for listening. I'll try to fit you into my plans Well, it looks busy, but a girl's gotta have fun And you know that everybody wants my time No time to kill, well, unless you're on my mind Guess I'm free, as long as you don't need to be the one So here I go again I've let you pull me in And it's all that I wanted some show you how fun the night can be you could be in my arms who knows tomorrow might not show save tonight till tomorrow's alarm your kissing's good and sweet i'll give you that much 
And I think I'm kinda in love with your touch That was great, but I'm coming back to the ground And you know that everybody needs an update No time to rest, though I love staying up late The clock is ticking and I'm getting back to that sound So here I go again I'm getting pulled back in But one more night won't hurt anyhow oh, come on this time i'm thinking i've won it's something different this feeling in my bones who knows the sun is burning shadows but i don't want to go back Outside the rules today, my morning's open. Your smile is keeping me awake. If you dare keep showing me you care, and I will melt as the new day dawns. We've got a lifetime to get things on You've been listening to Earbud Media Production Earbud Media Audio for everyone